Hi, and welcome to episode 189 of No Crying in Baseball, the Beer, Crabs, and Baseball episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Drinking a beer as you speak, and I'm looking at my beer level, and I'm thinking we're going to need tech support really soon. But we just got started. How can that be? Well, we were like getting settled and yeah, there was I mean, a sip for every settling. I, I, I was a, a beer in when I arrived because <laughs> of my, my visit to um, the, the Bowie Bay Sox to see um, our pal Adley Rutschman, number one draft choice of a couple of years ago now, hit a three-run homer and Sweet. played excellent job at catcher. And we were so hoping he was going to walk it off, but did not. Because last time we saw him play at the um, the Ironbirds two seasons ago, he did walk it off. And we thought maybe we had a thing going. Wow. But that wasn't the case. But it was so much fun. And, and the bonus was the Bay Sox, which are an Orioles affiliate, were playing the Harrisburg Senators, which are a Nationals affiliate. So... I got to see two of the teams that I care most about, see like their farm farm systems, and Victor Robles of the Nationals had a rehab stint. Um, and his ankle, may I just say, is fine because there were two stand-up doubles and he stole a base and he looks great. Oh, wow. So all That's of that cool. was super fun. And the we had the super fun part of being at a minor league park and seeing little kids. And my favorite little kid was sitting socially distant. They were really good about that still. Um, had a friend who was the exact same height. We think they were like five, but he was my favorite because he had a Johnny Bench jersey on wow. over a Spider-Man hoodie. And I thought the way you are layering is spot on. Yeah. This is this is some minor league magic you have going here. So he did get to go home with the ball that one of the players tossed from the field. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. It was, oh, it was I've got to get there. It's just that. Let's well, go. Yeah. I mean, we we did our uh, Nats Park trip this week, and we actually had a lovely night. Like, you the really weather did, was yeah. beautiful. Everything was gorgeous. There was that on-field ceremony for Doolittle because it was his first time back. Oh, since... yeah. So the Nationals are playing the Reds. That's important yeah. to say, so we know this. Yeah. So, and we were looking forward to seeing the Reds, and probably a little too much because they did really well, and they did beat the Nationals that night, unfortunately. But the ceremony for, for Doolittle was gorgeous. And the cool thing was that we were overlooking the visitor's dugout so we could see him leaning over the edge and watching the screen the whole time, which was just like, I just can't even imagine what was going through his head. It was so gorgeous. Yeah, I know. He seemed really... Um touched yeah i think by the whole thing yeah. and then a bunch of the nats came out and presented him with photos and all kinds of you know memorabilia and all that and it, it just it just seemed warm you know there are some homecomings that are less so and no one's ever going to boo do yeah. at the park and no one is uh, ever and it they they do 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 him like there was a lot of do which you could mistake for a boo if you did not know it was going on if you on. don't know what's up but thankfully he knows and i think he felt the love and we sure tried to make sure he did and it was nice to see him back the patron saint of no crying in baseball yeah it's just so sad i mean the montage was just all those special moments so well done so well done on today's show, our boyfriend segment features Franchi, Cleveland Pitching, Tommy Edmond, and some classic boyfriends. We've got a little bit of public transportation to talk about. Our police blotter features streakers. Yay for streakers! More bad choices by the White Sox, and a new entry in the Never Gonna Be a Boyfriend list, which we're pretty ticked about. Surprise. We've got Fashion Corner, and as always, International Baseball. 
All right, we got stuff today, starting with boyfriends. These are the guys that we pick in the off season, and we try. We try really hard to pick guys that we would like to hang out with, have a beer with. There's something special about them, and Patty and I each pick one per team, and then we make our fantasy league out of those boyfriends, and we can't keep boyfriends from past years, which makes things a little bit complicated. It, we also have rules. We have ethics. We have boyfriends that you can choose and that you can't choose. And because of our ethics, we have limited ourselves to who we could pick on the Red Sox this year because we didn't want anybody who was involved in any sort of alleged cheating situation. And I got lucky because, well, I, I thought I was lucky <laughs> because I picked Frenchie Cordero when he was with the Royals. He got traded to the Red Sox, and my Red Sox guy has just not come up because I picked up a minor league dude, Jeter Downs, who is not going to see the light of day this year, apparently. So I got kind of lucky that I had somebody to choose from, and I, because I'm a Red Sox fan, I put him on my fantasy team, as one does, and he just has had such a rough season. And, you know, thinking back to what I said about him, he's got a lot of... He has power. He needs time because he's been hurt like every year. He just has never had a, a very consistent year. And he's had a lot of signs that he's going to be good when it comes around. And he actually had the hardest hit ball on StatCast from a Red Sox player this year. It went 474 feet and it was a uh, 118.6 miles per hour, and it actually the third hardest hit this season, but after John Collar Stanton and Otani. So he has the power, he just doesn't have the consistency or the plate discipline, and his average was 179. So he is now sent down to the Woo Sox, and actually, like speaking of minor league, I would love to go see the new Woo Sox stadium, the Worcester Sox. And I guess we'll see what happens. But right now I'm in this fucked up situation where I don't have a Red Sox player on my fantasy team. And that hurts me. And what hurts even more is I kind of, I guess I do. I have a Yankee still on. I have Ursula still on. And okay, I'll make Mr. Potty Mouth happy. Ursula was in a game against the Tigers where he was awarded first base after a 3-3 three, three walks. Somebody counted wrong. He didn't end up scoring. But was that a pace of play thing? We're just going to give him the base on three, I maybe three balls maybe of waiting for four because that'll shave off a second here or there. That there you yeah, go. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I, apparently he theoretically didn't notice, and I think I just pr pronounced his name wrong. I think it's Urshela. Um but I have him on my team. He's doing fairly well. I felt like I should go drop him, seeing as though I no longer have a Red Sox because of balance. But actually, this quandary to be continued. I'm going to ask you more questions about this when we get to our so, yeah, so our that, fantasy a, roster that segment. Is a, that's a personal quandary because it doesn't that doesn't affect any of our ridiculous rules. Yeah, that is just your personal. I can't have a Yankee without a Red Sox. Yes. This is totally so self-imposed. To I'm just saying listen to your heart right yeah. there. So I listened to my heart and also to to statistics in the preseason and picked Cleveland pitching as my pitching squad, which would have been great, except for when it's not. And when it's not is when um, Zach Plesek breaks his thumb, quote, aggressively ripping off his shirt. <laughs> wow. Which sounds dramatic. <laughs> That's hysterical. But actually it's kind of dumb. Um, he had a bad outing and he was trying to get out of his uniform and his shirt got stuck on a chair and he yanked it too hard and 
Um, yeah, there with the thumbs. So who knows how long Zach's going to be out? And he was actually one of the guys, you know, doing well for the pitching staff and by um, association then also my fantasy team, which has dropped a little in the standings. Also, Tristan McKenzie, who I was so excited about at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. who had a really good um, start last season, has been sent down not once but twice in the past week. Wow. He sent, got sent down, then I think they needed somebody fast see stupid injuries and whatnot came back up did no okay but not great and got sent right back down so my um you know other than shane bieber bieber and savale i tried to combine those into one word all of a sudden it's like okay well where are the guys so yeah i got pitching woes i have pitching woes pitching's important yeah I like to, so as as I have woes with my current fantasy picks, I like to sort of reflect on, on boyfriends of past. So the guys that I couldn't keep, but I feel like I've got, I've, I've had some real classic picks. And these are some of my favorite boyfriends doing good things. Kike Hernandez, I picked in our first year of this podcast, and he's on the Red Sox now. And I wish I could have him as like my 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 dude so much. He was on the IL, and he came back and bounced back the day after he got a home run. I think he had a hit the first night, but he, he was, looked like he was totally ready to get back. And I saw this interview with him where he was actually sniffing way too often. You know, there should be, like, <laughs> somebody should either edit that or just, you know, deal with that situation. I mean, Patty Moth would edit that crap out. I totally would have edited his sniffing. But he said that those 10 days on the IL felt like forever. Like he was just so ready to come back. And he said in his interview, a different interview, I like bangs. I like to bang. It was very nice when asked about his home runs. So Kike likes to bang. I want a t-shirt. not his time off. (laughs) You know, I'm not totally clear. I just think we need a Kike likes to bang t-shirt. Can somebody up there get that for us? I I think that can happen. We need that. We need that. And... Uh, Joey Votto of the Reds is just never does does not cease to amaze me. He's just such a nice guy. Period. And do we we didn't know he was not gonna, he was not playing. I think we somehow missed that because when the Reds were in town, we're like, why the hell is right. Votto on the in the lineup? And now we know. Yep. So he uh, is on the IL apparently. Also, I don't even know what the the issue was, but they brought him into the booth, and I think it was ostensibly for like you know bring the player into the booth for a little bit of an interview. And he did the the play-by-play, and he didn't want to stop. He's like, I'm good with this. I'm going to keep going. And he did color commentary. And I think I think one of the links that I put that will go into the show notes has the whole thing, because you just have to listen to it. He's just so good. He better do that. This is his retirement plan. It totally has to be. And people have pulled out quotations of the great things that his cute little comments, but my favorite one was his comment on the umpires. They asked him his, his opinion on umps. And he said, I have a great relationship with all of them. Every one of them is doing their very best. Ouch. What a Canadian. Ouch. That's oh, I love it so <laughs> yeah. much. I think he was really earnest. Like, I don't think he was trying to kiss up, but... It was just like wasn't nice just like guys. His teeth and say, uh-huh, <laughs> right. We are all good friends here. That's totally what it reads like from this end. But he sounded he sounded like he actually he actually believed that. And then um, my last classic boyfriend, who I am so happy is still playing, is Albert Pujols now with the Dodgers, and he has now tied Babe Ruth for the fourth most extra base hits behind Stan Musial. 
Barry Bonds and number one, of course, Hank Aaron. But he did that because the Dodgers picked him up, damn it. You know, I just still fucking hate the Angels for, for letting him go. And who knows? I think he he's so up on so many leaderboards, he's going to do more cool shit. Well, this is that isn't the only thing we're going to hate the Angels for in today's episode. Mm. So, you know, put a pin in that one for sure. All right. Um, I actually have a classic boyfriend to talk about just very briefly. So I picked Josh Bell from the Pirates a couple years ago. And I'm going to, like, lobby to bend the frick out of our rules because I want him <laughs> to be my forever boyfriend now. Be- and, it, and he can't because I gave him up. I gave him up. He's now with the Nationals. And his bat's kicking in. He's doing, doing pretty well. But... As a human, he is like my human, absolutely. I did participate in his book club last Sunday after we recorded, and he was lovely. He was engaged. He was answering questions from the fans. So they had um, a staff person from the Prince George's County Library System moderating, and also um, Dan Coco, who's one of the local broadcasters, helping to moderate and then, you know, bringing in the questions, the Q&A. And he was... So good. He told engaging stories. He didn't let it drift from the points of the book. He made sure it kept time wow. back to the book so it wasn't just, hey, saw you today. But, you know, he had a base running error that very day, but he tied it into the book about taking responsibility for it. So he had wow. every, everything that happened that people asked him about, he was able to tie back in. He's super smart and really engaged. And the only disappointment was he said when he was with the Pirates, he started a book club and those were all social and racial justice books. I'm like, that's the book club I wanted. Oh, Damn it. so he's like done that? Not going to do it in DC? I don't know. Like these these um, are so far trending a little bit self-helpy, which is not my, mm. not my wheelhouse. So I'm hoping we expand from there a little bit but I will I will read these books so I can participate in conversations with Josh Bell I would rather do it over a beer yeah and talk about books but if that's all I got that's all I got but anyway I'm all in I was so impressed really like the guy so cool um the other guy I want to share appreciation for current boyfriend with the Cardinals Tommy Edmund I don't talk about enough because he's just one of those guys who goes out and does his job and he's doing his job so well he's currently tied for third in the league for stolen bases and sixth for hits and no one talks about Tommy Edmund right he had a two home run game against the Cubs um just in the past week he had eight hits and six runs and he's just going out there and doing it over and over and over again so hooray for tommy edmund yeah we like it when boyfriends do good things on and off the field wait wasn't otani yours this year did you pick him I, my, yeah because he's on the kids team yes. for the for the actual league last year, so I, I, I don't even remember it is now. i think you picked him this year and i just had noticed him this week because he took public transportation on the way to the game inadvertently which i thought was just an adorable story because uh, the Angels bus got there was got stuck behind an accident on the Bay Bridge. Not enough time. He theoretically had a start. He still missed it because he didn't quite get there in time. But he took the BART to try to get there in attempts to to make his start. Which I can you imagine like seeing him on the BART? I was just thinking there must have been so many people around there being like, "Dude, that looks like Otani." So back to Sean Doolittle briefly. There yeah. were stories about him taking Metro around D.C. Oh my when God. he was here and people mistaking him for Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened before. That's so funny. And may I point out that although Potty Mouth said the word adorable, it was in a public transportation context, not in a sports context. So you may choose to drink if you want to, but we're not going to compel you to. Uh, you know, I'm out of my beer. I got to call tech you support. Know, if tech support wants to bring a can, because I'm going to go ahead and finish this and then maybe we could share something. All right. Let's see. You know what we have? We have um, brood X B R E W apostrophe D. So we're we're living through cicada land here. 
in the East. And a couple of breweries have come up with the brood pun. This one, I think, is Seven Locks. Excellent. I'm, I'm all in for that. And um, so right now I'm actually drinking a dark Kolsch brewed by Mr. Potty Mouth, and it is very delicious. So I just want to give props to Mr. Potty Mouth for not only bringing us beer when we need it, but also brewing beer for us because we always need that. So thank you, Mr. Potty Mouth. Yes. Much appreciation. You got you to gotta gear yourself up for this next one. You're I like... just pounded the rest of my beers. We're going into police blotter. So here we go. That's so appropriate. I'm just saying, I, I rode to the Bowie Bay Sox game with my kid who was driving. And I'm like, all right, so today we're going to be talking about these things. And Cam's looking at me like, you're practicing your rant. Aren't you? I'm like, eh, maybe. I'm just telling you the facts. But the, here's here comes the rant. Okay, so the rain delay earlier this week at Nationals Park produced a streaker. We don't get streakers when we sit through rain delays. So this is a rant that we didn't get the streaker. And we were there the night before, too. We were there the night, night before. After. So there was a streaker, naked guy running around on the Skittles tarp, diving. You probably have seen this, this, this video, diving and sliding into the tube around which they wrap the, the, um, the tarp itself. And the rant part isn't that this happened and we missed it, although that's a disappointment. Yes. The rant is this guy who brought so much joy into so many millions of people's lives is now banned from all major league ballparks for freaking life. Right. And you're going to go into the many people who should be, who have earned it way more than a naked guy running on a Skittles Did I hear you say Mickey Calloway just then? (laughs) Because pretty much the same day or the next day, yeah, it was the next day. I think the rain delay was on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, Mickey Calloway, who we've talked about for a while, Major League Baseball finished their three-month investigation that during... During which five separate women made multiple harassment accusations. I just wanted to correct the date because we went to the park on Tuesday. So that means the naked guy was Wednesday night. Oh, well, so, maybe this, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. So naked guy, we, we wouldn't want we, Naked we, guy. We feel a, a real um, appreciation for naked guy, so we don't want to get that wrong. That is absolutely true. But also this week, Mickey Calloway, the conclusion of his three-month investigation during which five separate women levied multiple harassment accusations against him during his time with three separate teams was put on the ineligible list, banned from baseball through the end of the 2022 season. We're halfway through 2021. So he's getting a year and a half where he can't work in baseball for harassing five separate women, at least across three different teams and naked guy who I think deserves like beer endorsements and this absolutely Skittles endorsements. Oh my God. He should be a Skittles ad for sure. He deserves a lot of money and he should be welcome in the ballpark because what the hell? Who cares? Well, and seriously, we have spent enough rain delays at Nat Stadium to know that it's a drag. It's a drag, especially if the the wind is blowing and you can't stay in your seats and you're under the, the fucking overhang. Just like, you know, he definitely... Improve the quality and of frankly, that. Had you thought about it, wouldn't you have like done a slip and slide naked on the Skittles? Totally. Tarp? Totally. Well, sure. But Mickey Calloway, no. Instead, he, he harassed at least five women, and he has to take a year and a half off from employment. And until this time, the Angels had suspended but not fired him. The Angels have since fired him, but haven't mentioned anything about any further action that they're going to take, whereas the two other teams, Cleveland and the New York Mets, are actually doing a little bit of work to make things better culturally. I mean, baby steps, whatever, but Cleveland 
is working with outside organizations to figure out best practices to one, you know, make players not do this crap and make staff not do this crap to begin, like fix the culture, but also make it less scary for women who are victimized by this to speak up. So they have said, this can't go on. We are trying to get outside help to figure out how to fix this. The Mets also have hired a firm to, they call it investigating their organizational culture. And it's taking a hard look. I mean, they've had three people, three people recently accused and, you know, and have faced consequence found, you know, found that they had indeed harassed women. And so they know they've got a problem with their culture. And so they've actually gotten outside help to figure out where is the problem where are the places we can make improvements angels so far have said nothing you know it could be because he was still employed with them and they had to wait till that was done to do anything i hope that's the case but if it's not still pissed at the angels and oh my freaking god marcelo zuno yeah yeah so oh boy a lot to talk about today a lot to rant about today so marcelo zuno needs to be out um you know can he trade places with Naked Guy, please? Because I would take Naked Guy over either of these over guys. Over any of these guys. So Marcelo Zuna, to give you some context, you know, he he's a he's outfielder with the Atlanta baseball team. Earlier last week, he broke two fingers, so went home. He was wasn't with the team who was on on the road. He so he was home since last week, Tuesday. The short version is 911 was called because there was screaming and yelling. There is new information. Originally, we heard neighbors made the call. It could be that his wife made the call. It could be that multiple people made the call. At like noon, in the middle of the day on Saturday, the police come and actually witness him strangling his wife, throwing her against the wall. He's got a cast with the broken fingers, and he's hitting her with the cast. More details have come out today that include like the wife grabbing knives and him taking cell phones and running out of the house and and things people getting sma- you know smashed. And so it's all bad, but also was witnessed by the police this time. So it's not going to be dependent on the wife or girlfriend or whoever in these other conversations feeling brave enough or comfortable enough to file charges. He is in jail. Last night was in jail um, without bond, right? So the charge was aggravated assault by strangulation and family violence. That's so disgusting. On top of all this, last year, his wife, whose name is Genesis, was charged with battery for throwing a soap dish at his head. So clearly they have a contentious relationship, but in no way, shape, or form is any of this okay. Right. I don't care that, you know, a year ago this happened. Right. You you do not do this crap. She's got bruises. Their lives were threatened. It was seriously bad. Right. Um, And you got to wonder what the context of that was, too, because there's been so much talk on Twitter, you know, on both sides. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, she did it to him last year. And, And first of all, like, look at the whole report. He did a lot of really disgusting shit in this time. And who knows what the context was last time. And then there's the whole, you know, power inequality. He is the multi, you know, he's bringing in the bucks. He's the one who's calling a lot of the shots here. So there's that. But, you know, the shittiest part is as far as it's good that the police saw it so that, yes, the charges are going to be pressed this time. You know, they, we are not dependent on her. But it's shitty that fans are sort of saying, like, oh, we believe this one because the police said so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we believe the woman because the woman said so in the other state, in the other situations and looking at the whole 
you know, why a woman wouldn't be pressing charges. So it kind of sucks that even despite all this shit that's been going on with cops in the past, you know, that's been brought to light this year, that people are still believing a police report over a woman's word. Yes. Thank you for saying that. To 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 clarify, we absolutely believe women yeah. in these cases. And the police witnessing it means charges will be pressed no matter what. Right. So that's it. Good. It's not like, oh, right. it's better because it, it just means for sure charges will be brought. Oh, my God. I got to say the Atlanta team did okay with their official statement because uh-huh. it was we, you know, absolutely, you know, are, you know, oppose any domestic violence. You know, they, they said the right things about what they are against and – they said, you know, we we can't say anything until the investigation is continued. But they definitely, the preamble was domestic abuse is bad. You know, it was yeah. said better, but it wasn't like, oh, we can't say anything because he's our player. It was, this is bad and investigations are happening and we can't say anything until it's done. Yeah. And that was, that was okay. I mean, they could only say so much, but they said the right things first. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And also they didn't have much of a choice. So there's that like. What, could, what are they going to say? Well, they could have left out that part. Yeah. They could have left out the domestic abuse is bad and, you know, the that the league investing it, investigating right. it is important. They could have just said, there's an investigation, so we're not talking. So the con- uh, context matters. Yeah, but they read the right writing on the wall, too. Sure. I think they know that they're screwed and they have to start coming out. Okay. Yeah. You know, and honestly, I don't care why, as long as right. they are saying the right things. And, you know, the more people say the right things, the more be- it becomes true. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the publicist wrote this. I I know the publicist wrote it. Right. But keep saying those important things yeah. first and more people will start hearing it. That's Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And he was a former baseball boyfriend of mine, which, you know, sort of sucks knowing that I've done some shitty pitch but he is on that never gonna be again list yep yep fuck him fuck him also fuck tony larissa again again repeatedly i'm so i'm tired of talking about assholes to tell you the truth but you know what the fuck chicago you know first of all the ownership to hire him you know for so many reasons um but they renamed a lounge or like you know a section concession stand stand, right yeah right Concession stand in the stadium in the 100 section that had been dedicated to Loretta Michelle during the 05 World Series for her 60th year in concessions. And that's just amazing. It was this beloved woman who is dedicated to the White Sox, worked there for 60 years, deserves this thing named after her. She died in 2014. And... They decided it's a good time to rename it from Loretta's Lounge to LaRusse's Lounge, which is shitty. For so, and, and not only that, so, like, it's shitty that they renamed this. This is a woman who had, like, given her life to, like, supporting, like, what it is to be at a ballpark, right? To be the spirit of the ballpark. Big deal that it was World Series year. So not only did they rename it, they didn't tell the family about it. Not only did they not tell the family about it, but when the family found out and asked for the sign, they had disposed of it. It like didn't exist anymore. Holy to shit, they, to they trashed it. They, they just trashed, trashed it. it. They trashed the fucking sign. They didn't tell the family. They trashed the fucking sign. They said they had a plaque in her honor that remains despite the name change. There was a viral tweet. And shit, I should have written down who it was from. But it will be in our show notes. So check out the viral tweet. After the tweet went viral, the team reached out to the family offering 
a replica of the sign because they really had trashed it. Like they couldn't even fucking come this up with a sign to get to them. This is like soul rending. Isn't this that is gross? Awful. So the team is trying to like cover themselves by saying that this name change was actually before 2020 and it had nothing to do with him being a manager it was honoring his connection with the team wait a minute they didn't have any more concession stands i know right i mean i don't know uh, i i know it's a ballpark like what the- i i mean I, I you know i've only been to a million ballparks only a million only. Okay. and they all seem to have more than one 100 level concession areas you could name Another freaking one and give this woman her due. Yep. God damn and it. So there is a change.org petition that we will definitely put in the Hell show notes. Yes. And you all should sign it because it's to change the name back the way it should be. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I, I'm i really glad that Mr. Patty Mouth came with beer. Yeah. Because, yeah. It's like, so the last thing in... Um, in the police blotter. There's a lot of things in police blotter <laughs> today. Crazy. This one isn't a rant that we're going to have ourselves. This is about a rant that Mike Schilt had of, of the Cardinals. <laughs> He's so cute. Yeah. So um, this past Wednesday, uh, the Cards versus White Sox game, um, our pal Joe West came out to the mound. I believe other umpires came along and asked the relief pitcher, Gio Gallegos, to switch his hats because it had a dark spot on it that was noticed by a different umpire as he came out of the bullpen. And as we've talked about before, MLB is trying to watch out for these these illegal substances that pitchers are using to get a better grip on the ball or increase their spin rate or whatever they're doing. And he had a dark spot on his hat. So clearly that was bad. So clearly they had to go out to the mound in front of God and everybody oh my God. and have him trade hats, which he did. And of course, Mike Schultz came out immediately and said, okay, number one, it was probably sunscreen, but number two, he wears the same hat every game. The hat's going to get dirty. Look, what are you going to do with Adam Wainwright when he comes out? Because he wears the same hat every game. It's probably pretty grimy by now too. Are you going to, you know? And his issue was consistency and sort of time and place. Like, yeah. is the, like did he do anything to make you think this was going to be a problem. And Joe West was like, well, we just wanted to get ahead of it. So if, like somebody in the White Sox said, hey, look at that, then that would have been bad and there would have been accusations. And I wanted to like eliminate that. He was trying to get ahead of the problem. So he says, quick, tell me a fun fact about Joe West. He, so he has now broken the record for most appearances by a, a umpire in the major leagues, which means he can leave now. Like we should be done with this shit. That's ridiculous. Like that's creating a problem. Yep, sure enough. So, Joe, thank you for your service. You're in the Hall of Fame now, so get the hell mm-hmm. off the field and let these guys pitch, right? So, um, Mike went on and got ejected, of course, because he, you know, for all the right reasons. Yeah. I am ranting. That's all right. That's God, all right. I said it wasn't so my rant, too. but yeah, and like, he's like, I'm just, this is, it's inconsistent on how this is enforced. And again, MLB is not really, um, there are no consequences right now. They're just sort of collecting balls that they think may have these substances or hats or whatever to kind of see how widespread the problem is and what the problem is. But really, you're going to walk out to the mound in the middle of the game and like, you know, mortify this guy, interrupt his. Yeah. So it's. It's a whole thing. Yeah. No, totally. And guy who's good, there, there are guys who wear their hats all season and they get really gross. Like they just get really grimy. And maybe that's not going to be what's going to hit our fashion corner. But it's, I totally have respect for the grimy hats. 
But we do have some fashion to talk about, including hats. Actually, the negative of fashion of hats. But first, I just want to give a quick shout out to the Southside uniforms. So the last week, I think we talked about the Miami ones. Mm-hmm. And then before that, there were the Boston ones. So these are this just series of sort of alternative unis that are still connected to the city in a really profound way. And I think the Southside ones for the White Sox are, are super stylish. They're sharp, man. Yeah, black and with white pinstripe. They've got the gothic letters. And it just... Saying Southside. Yep, which is, which is very cool. And I, I just... You know, it's a good it's a good identity kind of thing. I on the think other it's hand, good for teams. On the other hand, on the other hand, New Era just fucked up with these oh, cats. Jesus. You probably have seen these. They were ridiculous. They were just ridiculous. They had like the team, and then theoretically, like little things all over the caps that resent represented that team. It was like a middle schooler with clip art. It was. <laughs> and bad clip art, like the wrong clip art. Yeah. And Twitter had a field day with the clip art too, like redoing it. They ostensibly pulled it because of the ones with the wrong area code. I guess that was the that was like the step too far. And it was so the wrong area code that at least for two teams that I know of, it didn't include the area code that the stadium is in. That yeah. would be both Royals and Tampa Bay. It might be more than that. And and others definitely, I mean, the whole area code thing was stupid, but also they were just ugly. They were so fuck. ugly. Yeah. And the food ones, oh, like, they just didn't look appetizing. And, well, and some were just plain wrong. Yeah. Like, the Cincinnati one had what apparently was supposed to be a bowl of chili. And Cincinnati <laughs> is famous for its five-way chili, but in no way is one of the five things a giant chili pepper stuck on top of a bowl of brown mush. Yeah, they were saying it was like a, an ad for chilies. Like, it's chilies like, yeah, really big. And- yeah, yeah. No, it was not Cincinnati chili. Believe yeah. me, I've been there. I've had it. The The article in the Post was cute because it pointed out that the D.C. one, maybe it was supposed to be a half smoke because we're not known for hot dogs. So it was probably supposed to be a half smoke, but it had relish on it, which and you I don't, don't eat those. No, and you but don't you, don't, do that. you don't do that. So that was just wrong. And the Boston lobster roll just didn't. It looked really kind of gross. So, so what's happening yeah. with all these hats? Because these hats were produced. That there are like point. crates and crates of hats. Right, for every team. I bet when we do some travel to yeah, places right. where things get sent, we may see some. Yeah, I don't know. It's a waste. Sad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad news. Hey, so quick COVID report. What I'm really happy about is the COVID report is getting pushed later and later in the episode because Woo-hoo. it's less and less crucial to how baseball runs as time goes on. So thank you, those of you who are getting your vaccines and making this happen and following the protocols. So this past week, there were fewer than 10,000 monitoring tests. Again, that number decreases because as teams reach the 85% vaccination level, they only need to be uh, tested twice a week instead of every other day. Awesome. So fewer than 10,000 tests. There were three positive out of 9,500 tests. One was a major league player, one was a minor league player, and one was a staff person. So super low. That's all great. 16 teams, so more than half, have reached the 85% threshold of vaccination. And three more have that many people with their all the all the vaccine shots, but they just haven't had the superpowers kicked in yet. So with another two weeks, at least three more teams will be reaching that. So we're at more than half, which is not nothing. And um, on top of that list that we talked about last week, where I gave you, um, here are the only teams that aren't going to 100%. Um, the A's and the Giants, the Bay Area has set dates for the end of June to go to 100%. So now I think oh, there's like wow. eight, eight teams left that haven't announced dates at which to do that. Let me tell you, going to a minor league ballpark, I think they're going to 100% soon. It was a little bit of a relief after our um, this past week at Nats Park where it just felt 
it was starting to get a little not safe anymore a little casual maybe casual is the way to put that the guy sitting a few seats away yelling covid's over for one was really disappointing totally and the fact that nats park has said you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated but there's nobody checking on that it's not like some of the parks that have vax sections it's just if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear your mask and and then we're gonna go a hundred percent and I'm thinking the guy who was yelling, yay, COVID's over, is probably not vaccinated. And clearly his little kid that was with him couldn't have been. And that's the thing, too. Actually, that's what really gets me, is that bringing kids to parks at 100% and kids can't get, under 12, you know, can't get vaxxed. So that, if oof, for families, that is not family-friendly. That is not family-friendly, MLB. Nope. Hello. Um, talking about uh, COVID effects, too, though, our friends Taiwan... You know, this kind of breaks my heart because Taiwan got me through our deepest moments of COVID when I could watch CPBL because they were being responsible. And now they're still under COVID issues in Taiwan, unfortunately. And they forfeited their team going to the final Olympic baseball qualifier in Mexico. So not only are they not hosting it, but they're not sending a team because they're being socially responsible. And And also that's heartbreaking because they're, they're, they're... punishing because they're doing the absolute right thing and other countries who may not be as responsible oh hell we're going to the olympics or at least the trials absolutely yeah absolutely so there's that um i just a little bit of appreciation again to women's baseball in the uk and we are bobcats fans and the bristol baseball people have contacted us and asked us for sizes so i am very excited to get bristol bobcats swag thank you all we will wear it proudly for darn sure yes we are fans we are fans i am also excited to say that women's baseball is happening in the united states but not so close. Puerto Rico is doing the right thing. Their women's league is starting August 9th, and they have 11 teams. That sounds like the biggest organized women's baseball in the U.S. is what I would That's guess. fantastic. So uh, the the list of places where we need to take field trips continues to grow. Oh, wow, yeah. Continues I, to grow. Actually, our, our friend Edwin Hernandez... Um, that's at MOP underscore nose on Twitter, who is the source of all things Puerto Rican baseball, has a thread of all the stadiums where the women are going to be playing. Oh. And I was like, wow, look, they're playing in stadiums. This is so cool. So cool. Because that's what we said before. As soon as women's sports happen where currently only men's sports happen, it helps to make them, it gives them legitimacy where they may not have it before because Clearly, they're good enough to play in the equivalent of the Major League Park or the hockey arena or whatever it is or the soccer field that makes them equal and not just, oh, yeah, those those girls. Yep. Those girls are awesome. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to and, you know, if anybody has not heard it yet, go listen to our interviews with the girls in D.C. Girls Baseball. It was a couple weeks ago. And it's that's the future. The future. Yeah. Expanding baseball. So we're, we're about to go into our, our Fantasy League update. And so here's here's my proposal that I want to ask you. So what I did... You're going to spring something on me yeah, right here while we're recording? Right, right. Why not? Because, <sighs> you know, I went into this... Fan, it goes back to my Franchi dilemma, right? So uh-huh. if I, t- I took out Franchi, and now I have to take out Urshela, and I looked at who I had left from this year, so people who had been vetted, and most of them had been taken by our friends who are in the league, which is what we let them do which leaves me with like no backup. But what I was wondering, and this is something maybe you don't want to answer right now, maybe you want to ponder it as the commish, but 
the minor league dudes that we prematurely picked in past years, they've already been vetted. If they didn't actually make it up to the show that year, could they still go on our fantasy team for this year? Because they've been vetted, so we know that they're boyfriend quality, although I, that totally doesn't work because I just said I also picked Azuna and look at where he is. But, but at the time, theoretically, I mean, at, at the, the time, time, we evaluate them there, you know. Right, right. So I do That's... have a couple of guys in that category. And of course, there has to be a lot of like cross-examining here. They have to be from a team that we don't have any other guys on at the present moment. But yeah, anyway. That's, That's an interesting idea. I'm going to have to think about that because it may matter for me, yeah. too, because I did notice, like, oh, wait, I don't, like, you know, if I have a catcher on the IL and then whatever, and oh, boy. Yeah, I have no backup catcher at this yeah. point. I have no backup yeah. catcher. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I was Something to think about. Yep, that's fascinating. Yeah, I, actually, I like, if, I like anybody wants to, if anybody wants to weigh in on that, like, you can feel free to... to Write us if you think, if you know our, our ethics. and So, yeah, so the the most stunning, stunning revelation in fantasy baseball is I dropped to ninth from eighth. Ooh. <laughs> so the top people are still the top Actually, people. Actually, Mr. Mr. Potty Mouth did some advancing. He's in fourth, and he's very aware of that. The, congratulations, Mr. Potty Mouth. No, absolutely. He has been bouncing around like fourth and fifth a great deal. The kids bounced back down to sixth, so things are a little bit better in the wor- world. So we've got Karen's legit team at number one. We've got um, Diane's hot mess, hot mess baseball mom at number two. We've got Glenn's eye zombies for results. Yeah, for adults. At number three, we've got Mr. Potty Mouth's Leftovers at number four. We have got Brian with Bono's Boyfriends at number five. The kids. Then Potty Mouth. And Marla, yay, Marla, you're, you you've you've beat me. You're 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 going up the you're going the right direction. I'm going the wrong direction. And then behind me is Deborah F and Vino Dito. I want to actually give a huge shout out to Deborah F though. She dropped Ozuna immediately. Did you you didn't contact her about it? Did I you? did not. She knew it. She dropped him immediately. So she knows what's our up. our players, our our managers, whatever, know how we play. And thank you, Deborah, for doing that. That was awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I appreciate the, the self-policing yep. that's happening. People have been, been very good about checking out the, the list. And even when the list grows, when I don't even get in there and change it. So, yeah, hoping for better. <sighs> What's going on this week? What's happening? Um, this week, that's a really good question. I don't know. I'm thinking way ahead. I'm thinking the end of July. I want people to start planning for Women in Baseball Week. Yeah, that's also when the... Um, when the baseball for all nationals yes. are going to happen. So yay for that. Hey, so my excitement this week is um, our baseball player for who, who we are hosting for the Thunderbolts is going to move in this week wow. and they report towards the end of the week and um, things are going to start. So we're going to have super hyper local baseball happening. Fun. Yeah. So I'm really happy about that. Um, yeah. So we can see baseball at lots of different levels this summer. Oh my gosh, please, if you have some time this week, listen to some past episodes of No Crying in Baseball, including the one where we interview those amazing players from DC Girls Baseball that Potty Mouth just mentioned a few minutes ago. If you have friends and family you think might like to hear us talk about baseball, please let them know. Leave us a review or rating if you like. Please follow us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. We hope you've got your vaccination already. If not, please, please show up at any of the many, many walk-up places, including the ones that will give you swag and baseball tickets and stuff for doing just that. Keep wearing your masks when it looks like you should and wash your hands, keep your distance, fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. 
totally fine. Yeah, all right. I have capabilities. I know you do. You have super <laughs> superpowers. superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs>